Today on the Being Better Everyday podcast, we are talking about something that affects behind closed doors a lot of us and often makes us feel alone, which is anxiety. On this special episode, my friend Kayla Berger and I chat about all things motherhood, business, social media, as well as something personal to us both. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Being Better Everyday podcast, where we make your days more peacefully productive while you're juggling all the things. I'm your host, Julie Wenslick, a millennial mom, finance professional, and founder of PW Designs. I know that as a mom, business owner, corporate girly, or a combination of all three like myself, sometimes life can feel like a lot. With the simplicity and systems and being better every day, we create habits and routines that support your life, create calm in the chaos, and put the you back in your everyday. Grab those headphones, put on your shoes, and join me on a walk while we dig in to today's episode. Welcome, Kayla, to the podcast. This episode has been a long time coming for the both of us. We've been talking about it for months, but our momming and business schedules have finally made it align, although we had to do a quick pivot. So for those of you on video, um, about half an hour before we were scheduled to get together at my house, our power went out and our neighbors cut down a power line. So I quickly texted Kayla and we are in her Pilates studio. For those who follow me on social media, I work out at her Pilates studio once or twice a month. I love it. I also do her YouTube videos, which we will certainly talk about today, but she, <laughs> we just did a quick setup in her Pilates studio instead. So here when we are. When you texted me, I was like, Huh? Yeah. <laughs> you were like, what Why? do you mean? <laughs> but it, we shouldn't have lost power today. It's not a day where we would lose power normally. Let's start with who are you? A little bit about like where you're from, you, you know, your kids and, and kind of your background. And I would also, I know this is like a long question then, but also how did you get into Pilates? Well, I'm Kayla Berger. I'm a mom of two littles. I have a boy and a girl ages one and three, born and raised in Minnesota. So I am not far from my hometown, but my husband is. We met in college. We went to school in Wisconsin, and that is where he's from. And when we first started dating, I told him, no offense to you, Julie, because you're from Wisconsin. <laughs> but I told him that after like literally a week of dating, because I kind of knew he was the one, but I was like, if we're going to do this, I'm just telling you now that I'm never living in the state of Wisconsin again. <laughs> just like gave him that ultimatum up front and he's like okay so that's why we're back in Minnesota but funny enough is I'm slowly talking him into moving to Nashville but I went to school actually um for retail merchandising and management but I kind of joke that I went to school for gymnastics because I was a college athlete I wish I would have made a different decision because I would have gone a very different path if it wasn't for sports so I worked in my field right out of school for a year and a half and quickly realized that nights, weekends, holidays weren't for me, especially when my future husband moved to the state to be with me. And I was working really odd, long, weird hours, and we hardly ever got to see each other. So I quickly pivoted and got a corporate nine to five job. And that is how I got into health and fitness, because I also quickly realized that I could not sit at a desk <laughs> all day, every day. <laughs> and just the unhealthy culture of a corporate office was just like eating me inside. And I was like the only one I would go for walks every day. I would take my lunch breaks and I'd go to the local, like the closest health club and do like a quick 30 minute lunch workout. 
And I started doing yoga certifications and Pilates certifications while I was working as a buyer. And then- So how um, long ago was that? So, oh my gosh, you're going to age me here. <laughs> I want to say that was 2018. Okay, hold on. I don't think that's, long. that's like five and a half years ago-ish. Yeah, oh my gosh, I can't really yeah. remember. But no, no, it was way longer than that because I've been doing this for 10 years. Oh, oh my gosh. So, okay. A long, <laughs> a long time. Okay. So that was when I got certified and I was like, okay, I'm going to be brave enough to make the pivot and go all in and health and fitness and started teaching yoga and Pilates full time. Then I got pregnant, COVID happened and now we have a Here studio <laughs> in the Pilates Body by Kayla studio. So that's kind of how my journey happened in a nutshell. Honestly, it's hard to say this because COVID was not a good thing for a lot of people, but really it was like a blessing for me business-wise and really family-wise. Um, just the gym I was working at and the schedule that I had in the past, it wouldn't have allowed me to spend as much time with my family. And I know now that I, I would have quickly gone down to part-time just to be home and be with family more because it just wouldn't have been a really good balance for me. Well, and it's interesting because another one of the people I recently talked to on the podcast had said how COVID was kind of a blessing for her too. But I mean, yeah, like your business was born from the gym being shut down. Right. And needing to pivot and you never looked back. I didn't leave that job on a bad term too. So I was kind of like, it was actually Grant, my husband, yeah. who was like, well, let's just try this. We have a newborn baby and you have no job. <laughs> and we hint, hint. <laughs> to like pay the bills. So I'll just transform this space and we'll see what happens with it. And if it doesn't work out, like you can always go back to working at the gym and finding another job, whatever it is. She has a very handy husband who happens to have gone viral on TikTok because he's handy. So uh, yeah, I mean, the studio is, is definitely not thrown together by any means. <laughs> yeah. it, this was really like a storage space before he kind of put all of the finishing touches on everything. Yeah. One of the things that we've kind of skirted is, is Kaylin actually met on social media. So we met and we were just talking about before we hit record, uh, sometime in 2021, I think like springish of 2021. And she, you know, I credit her to our clutch daycare <laughs> because, uh, I happened to randomly text her asking if there was space in our daycare and like, we got one of the only spots that's really been around. So we lucked out on that, but we've been friends now for two and a half years. So it's definitely social media can be an amazing place. Like we've created a friendship off of it. Certainly it's grown since then. And we're both home buddies. Uh, I mean, definitely. <laughs> that definitely has stemmed from COVID. So I will say that has become a little more for you then. Yeah. Oh, I I'm used to be <laughs> like so independent, wanted like my alone time. And since COVID with both myself and my husband working from home full time now, we literally never leave. And as our discussion will get deeper into anxiety, now that has become something that is mm -hmm. a little bit crippling for me is I really, really do not like being alone at all. And I kind of grew up an only child because my siblings are very much older than yeah, I am. Exactly. So I used to be alone all the time and now I hate being alone. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about social media because it's been a huge impact on 
your life, it has certainly probably had an impact on your anxiety. <laughs> I'm Absolutely. Guessing. So tell me a little bit about where you show up first, and then we'll get into the, the experience of going viral. <laughs> <laughs> so I show up on literally every single platform, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Pinterest, Pinterest, because I do like Pinterest. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Of them, right? Well, and she has a website and a blog too, but that's not really social media. And Amazon. <laughs> and Amazon. I got that now. Uh, so you first went TikTok or went viral on TikTok. How many years ago? You were pregnant with Bobby. I was pregnant with Bobby. So this it was when TikTok was kind of born. It was early stages of COVID. Everybody's in lockdown. March twenty twenty. Okay. I was due in May, May 2nd was when Bobby was born. And I just was kind of trying to get on the dance trends and do the trends that were starting to pop up. And um, I, I cannot dance to save my life. <laughs> so thank goodness we had a lot of time because it would take me like an hour to do one 15 second little dance. But there was this one Shakira song that came up and people were doing like these funky handstand kits to the beat of the song and I was like oh my gosh that looks so fun and being the ex-gymnast that I am I was like I'm totally gonna do this one because a dance trend I can do I'm gonna <laughs> hop on that so I was I think I was 30 either 36 or 38 weeks pregnant like I was like ready to <laughs> talk and this was like this was early TikTok so you have one video and okay it would go viral yeah. like right away um, on the 40 page. And I didn't expect this to happen at all. So I posted the video, went on with my day. It was, you know, walking, just super casual reading, like nobody's doing anything. And I woke up the next morning and I had 20,000 followers. And this video had over a million views overnight. And it was kind of going viral in a good and bad way. And at that point of time, I didn't have the anxiety that right. I have now. Um, so I actually like kind of thought it was hilarious because looking through the comments, people were starting to like argue with each other <laughs> and like call each other names and say just terrible things that can happen on social media. And then some things were starting to get to me as far as like, you could really, you know, hurt, hurt your, family, your baby, things yeah. like that. So that's when I was like, okay, shut it down. And I stopped reading comments after some of those like really kind of scary things were starting to come up. Although I knew like none it's of not that was true, true, but that stuff gets in your head and that is the downfall of social media. So it was kind of a good and a bad thing because people were commenting very good, strong, powerful things about motherhood and pregnancy then a lot of people were also backing me up in the bad comments. Um, so that was, that was a good and bad viral, I guess. But now, as far as like TikTok goes now, those followers that came from that one video are still followers now. And I don't know if they're technically there for my Pilates content that I'm sharing now, because or, at the time yeah. I wasn't, I didn't have Pilates body, but Kayla wasn't a business. It was just for fun. So yeah. And then the other thing with that is, is like, so we, I mean, one of the things that Kayla and I have always connected on is the fact that we were 
especially when we were pregnant, right? We were the type of women who didn't grow up and we were like, I'm going to be a mom and I'm going to be like, this is my mission. So quote unquote, right? Like we didn't grow up having that huge urge. And so I've really loved connecting on just like what it's really like and, and connecting with somebody who, who doesn't make it their whole life, right? Like you still have a life outside of motherhood. I still have a life outside of motherhood. And you've shared some of those struggles on social media, especially the transition between one and two, which obviously I can't relate to because we've chosen to only have one and <laughs> certain days I'm very thankful for that. <laughs> I'm jealous of you on some days. Yes. <laughs> so this spring, this spring, oh, summer, summer, yeah. this summer, you had another instance where you accidentally went viral. And this was definitely an accidental viral. Accidental, negative. Yeah. Really, so, really tough. Um, so I'll tell the story just so you can not have to tell it. <laughs> my heart's already like me yeah. thinking about it. But, you know, as we'll talk about as we get into a little bit more about anxiety, like both of us have had years where our anxiety is is really difficult. My toughest year was 2022. Her toughest year is 2023. And this summer, after kind of a, a frustrating day with the children, uh, you shared a video about just... I mean, the intent was really like, I'm thankful for a partner who I can vent to and who can listen to me when I'm frustrated and, and worried about whether I'm doing the right thing for my children. That's how I'll put it. Because I think it was text to grant, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I saw the video and I was like, been there. Like, I felt the same way. And I know originally the people and the comments that you were getting were very similar of like, being a mom is hard. And some days it's just completely overwhelming and you feel like you want to shut down. But unfortunately it went viral and caught a really scary side of, of was it TikTok or was it Instagram or both? It was I mean, mostly it, Instagram. It, was it mostly? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where, you know, this was the first time that I've had a friend go viral while I've been friends with them. And the comments, it's just people on the internet. I, I, you know, you hear stories about how awful people can be on the internet. And this was an instance where we saw it firsthand. I mean, it, it got scary. It was yes. to the point where I was like begging my husband to call the police. Yeah. That was to the point where the comments were not, it, it wasn't direct. It wasn't directed towards me anymore. It right. was threats, death threats towards my children. And yeah. that's where it, it was really starting to, I mean, it just makes my skin call. Like yeah. just talking about it really like, scary. And I think too, like looking back on why that one affected me so much more was because someone reshared it on Instagram. Okay. So it got hit by like a meme account and then also then people pulled yeah, like she had on Google and, and took screenshots of my business, which as your home shows address. my home address um, as the location because the studio is in my home and posted these screenshots of my address and business on iFunny. And then there were more death threats and violent things being posted on iFunny. And so, it's just like... And you know, you know, you hear those sayings of the the internet is permanent. It's as much as she stopped 
you know, as soon as it was going down that route, mm -hmm. right? You and shut the video down, you made your account private, you did all these things. But, but it's so already too late because somebody else had already saved or downloaded it downloaded or downloaded the video. And then that's when it got reshared when I actually removed it. So I'm like kind of looking back, like if I didn't remove it and just mm -hmm. hung on to the comments and stuck it out, like would it have gone differently? And maybe not have been reshared on multiple platforms because it did also get reshared on TikTok. Oh, mm -hmm. but I got it removed on TikTok very quickly. Instagram is a whole different story, and iFunny are a whole different story. I've never even heard of iFunny. And it's then an thing? it's a meme, like a meme. Oh, okay. And, and <laughs> then <laughs> bad Google reviews started yeah. coming in, and those bad Google reviews were also violent and really, honestly, like disgusting. Like, yeah. And I remember, I mean, we, as, and obviously you had to like petition or whatever, like flag them and get them removed by Google. And I think the majority of them got removed. Majority of them were removed by them being flagged as like inappropriate or harassment. Um, but then I had to have quite a few phone calls with Google to get the rest of them removed. So this really was a bad way to go viral, unfortunately. So but it's because been a learning that, experience. Yeah, incident. I have chosen to really limit my sharing on my page about parenting and now really keep it only a positive space. I've also limited the amount that I share my children's spaces just because yeah. my address is out there in the public. But I also I did change that. So it is not, it doesn't show my address oh. anymore. So definitely a big learning experience. So going viral is not always a good thing. No. I mean, what other things did you do like now? Obviously you're still trying to grow your business on social media. So, well, I guess let's, let's pause there. We've talked about the Pilates studio. The other thing that uh, Kayla has been working very hard on in the last year is growing her business outside of, I would say physical one-on-one -on -one training, one-on-one -on -one training. Thank you. <laughs> Through YouTube primarily and, and Pilates challenges, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But because of that, like you still have a need to be present on social media. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a part of your business. It is a part of your business strategy. So what, and this is my learning experience because I, I haven't gone viral. I, I'm sure there's things that I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing now because of like not knowing, but what did you do to like, obviously you removed your address from Google. Yeah. What other things have you done to kind of protect yourself a little bit more now? When that whole incident happened, I removed my address from Google and then right away the controls of privacy in all of my profiles on all platforms, I restricted it to only, or I actually, I think I pulled my page to completely private. For a while. Yeah. I think it's, it's, I don't know if it's, it's public right again now. Um, but I think for maybe like a week I had put it to fully private and then I had removed any at mentions. So mm -hmm. like people couldn't tag me because then I was being tagged by multiple people in that post that was reshared, um, and just really being totally harassed. So I really kind of just put like a complete lockdown on privacy settings. Obviously now I have opened a lot of that back up because yeah, it is social media and making connections with other moms and <laughs> making friends online is important to me. And I, 
I want to put myself out there. I want to share my life, but I, I just don't, I don't want to be threatened. <laughs> Correct. So I have just limited how much I'm sharing my family and being just a little bit more private and also how often I show up. So just setting some more boundaries too, because that incident, I didn't realize it at the time, but that incident really, I think was the pivoting point of when my anxiety really flipped and started going downhill from there. And then I still wasn't acknowledging or understanding those feelings yet. It was still because that was in July. Yeah. So it was a couple of months that I'm working through the emotions and the feelings. And then it was more in the fall where I was starting to figure out what was really happening. Yeah. So one of the, you know, as we talk about anxiety, Kayla and I are both people who, I mean, well, she's a Pilates instructor, so clearly, but take care of ourselves from a well-being perspective, right? We believe in kind of a holistic approach of taking care of our mind, body, and, you know, doing things like Pilates, doing things like yoga, going on walks. And, and, you know, for both of us, there's been a huge, at least for me, and I know what you've talked about it, there's like this huge stigma around going on medication for anxiety. Mm -hmm. And for me, I come from a family who, where my dad is on a, anxiety meds. He's been on anxiety meds for like 40 years. And I grew up saying to myself, I'm not going to be him. I'm not going to go on meds. I'm going to solve it a different way. And so I fought it from my anxiety. I mean, mine is a lot of different things, but it definitely got worse over COVID. I had this fear of like, Danny getting sick and kind of that like hyper hypochondria, like, mm-hmm. you know, we're just going to get sick and it's going to be like the end of all things. And so when she started daycare in March of 2022, she was sick almost every weekend. Uh, cause she had never been to daycare before. And so going from, you know, maybe seeing a family once or twice a week where it was one kid to five days in daycare at three years old, she had a fever that whole summer, like every weekend. And it was just utterly exhausting. And I was always on the edge of my seat of like, when's the next one going to hit? Right. And so we, I ended up making the decision to go on anxiety meds back in November of 2022. And, and I remember scheduling an appointment with my doctor and going through this, like, you know, they have that like questionnaire that like, how are you feeling yeah. questionnaire? And I remember scoring it and, and she was like, Oh, so you want medication? I was like, yep, because <laughs> it was really high. Because at that point I was feeling anxious every day and I was having panic attacks at least weekly. And it was just where, so my panic attacks manifest where I like physically get sick. And so I was just like not in a good space. And I was, and I had seen another mom back to social media. I had seen another mom open up about going on meds and talking about it and kind of removing that stigma from me of it's okay to need a little bit of help and you're not like giving up, I guess, is how I felt like I was going on meds felt like giving up to me. Like that all of the work I had tried to do to calm my mental health without meds was like not worth it. So I went on in November, 2022, we're a little over a year in. I actually have my one-year appointment next week or the week after. And for me, what it's done is 
removed the everyday anxiety. I still have my triggers. I still have instances where I feel anxious, but I no longer feel it every single day. And that was, that's been a huge change for me. Uh, but it was a hard decision. It was one where I, I tend to ask a lot of people when I need advice <laughs> and I, I'm glad I did it, but it was, it was, it was a difficult one. And I know for you, talk to me about how you got to that decision, especially as somebody who you felt like shouldn't need it. It's actually a very similar path because and like you had shared, we're both very much wanting to try to find the natural route, see if we can manage it without medication. And also just the fact that I'm a Pilates instructor teaching other women to take care of themselves, breathe. Pilates is known to help with the mind-body connection and specifically reduce stress and help with mental health. Mm -hmm. So I just felt like a fraud taking medication when I am helping other people manage a lot of their stress, their emotions, build body confidence, and just overall feel their best selves. And here I am not able to handle myself. So who am I to help other people be the best versions of themselves? So that was a, a huge pull for me and why I was so anti. And I also wanted to try doing some other things. So I tried CBD, which did really help, but it was more of the fact of like, when you had a trigger, yeah. then you take the right. gummy to help bring you back to a more stable state, which I want to, I mean, I was to the point where it was like up here yeah, a lot and I didn't want to get up there and then come back down. Right. Yep. That's how so, I was too. Right. I was like, I'm done feeling this every single day. Yeah. So trying to find other ways along with CBD, communicating with my husband, cause he didn't really know how to help and what to do. It's like, I don't know. And I, I, I did therapy. Um, okay. Wait, let's pause on the husbands for a sec because mm -hmm. so is, is Grant not generally an anxious person? No. And he doesn't have, like, he doesn't really understand it. So Matt is the same way. And he has like zero like stress. Yeah. Matt's the same way. And, and I, I mean, it's a, a little jealous of it, but at the same time, it's from like, what Grant has said, he, he doesn't let him like razz him up. Like it does me. He just handles his, this may be TMI, but he, his body handles stress or anxiety through his gut. Mm, yeah. So, so it still impacts him, just not like the same way. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Matt is, is a non-anxious individual too. Now he definitely can have a days where he's just annoyed, but it's good and it's bad in my experience to have a spouse who doesn't understand anxiety. Mm -hmm. Because for me, the good is when I'm having an anxious afternoon or having something that's triggering me. And again, we have one kid. But like, I can tag out. I can say, Matt, I need a moment. I need to go for a walk. I need a bubble bath, like whatever. Mm -hmm. And I tag out and he's been able to now finally understand like she's taking care of herself so that, you know, I can be a better mom and, and wife too. And then I don't feel guilty about it because I know that generally he's not feeling that at the same time. Are you able, again, I know you have two kids under three or three and under, but- 
are you able to do that too? Or like, has have you been able to kind of communicate that with Grant? Yeah, I would say it's definitely more challenging with two, especially because if one is with dad, then usually the other is with mom. So <laughs> one of us always has one for the most part. And another thing that has had really like, I think, exacerbated the anxiety after the whole social media incident is that we're dealing with a lot of behavioral things with Bobby right now and trying to figure out how to manage that. And no mom is ever going to feel good knowing that their daughter is, her child is having troubles or struggling in certain areas. And unfortunately, a lot of <laughs> those behaviors are happening at daycare and my daughter is the target. <laughs> Danny is Bobby's victim. So that makes me feel really terrible too. So, and and not having really any answers and yeah. trying so many different things to help her work through her behavioral issues and sensory stuff. And just, it's, it's a process and, and it's not like medication where it, it can yeah. help. So, um, it's, it's, that has been really, really difficult. So yeah, I forgot what we were talking about now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was talking about Grant, but I mean, oh. I, that's a good, right. Like there's other triggers for you. It's like, it was obviously the social media stuff, but then I was also just feeling a little bit helpless as a mom. Yeah. And for me, really, that's where mine also stems from. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, I, you know, you had mentioned therapy. We have both have had experiences in therapy and I am on my, I think, fourth therapist. And I think I finally found what I'm going to stick with. But, you know, I tried my work EAP and other things. I actually can't remember what I tried. But I finally found somebody who I feel like is helping me not with service level. As we've mentioned, you know, and I sh we should like compile a list of this. But there are a lot of things that we do to help with our mental health movement, Pilates, yoga, walking, CBD, both of us have been a fan of acupuncture, massage. Yes, <laughs> exactly. All the self-care things. You know, therapy is something that when I had my first experiences with therapy, it felt very surface level. It felt like, hey, go for a walk, do the box breathing, do, you know, all the things that we already know, because we're the generation that has well, I mean, Gen Z is even better, but has started to really realize the importance of all of those things. And now therapy has turned into, for me, she's trying to make me actually face my anxiety, which is not fun. It's going to be a process. <laughs> so we are, I mean, with my, uh, I go three to four weeks, depending on cost. And really, she's just trying to make me not shove my anxiety away is how I would put it. I am one who for a very long time now has felt like I can somehow detach it from me and just like leave it behind and it will never be a part of my life again. And she's making me realize that that's not going to happen. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's, it's going to be something that's always going to be a part of my life. So having the tools and resources and the friendships where we can talk about it and know that you're not alone. So let's go back to conversation of spouses and helping with it or helping or hurting with anxiety, I guess. How has having a partner, I mean, I'm assuming Grant is supportive of you, but kind of talk a little bit about your partnership when it comes to anxiety. 
Yeah, he is incredibly supportive, but he has shared with me multiple times that he doesn't know how to necessarily support me. And when anxiety got really bad and the specific trigger and incident that put me over the edge and was like, okay, I, I actually need help. It was actually like the final straw was something that he had said unknowingly that just made me completely like lose mm. my shit for that. It's okay. We're not censored. Here. So <laughs> yeah, he, he is really supportive, but just doesn't, doesn't necessarily know how. And he is super open to like, he's mentioned, should I do like a therapy session with you? So I can have more tools and resources and he supported me on whatever path I wanted to take. But I would say he was a little bit more anti-medication, but now that I am on medication, he's really seeing the difference and how oh, I'm Matt was too. Now that you say that not only a, a better mom, but I'm a way better wife. And I, I do think it's like important to maybe share the, the situation that yeah. kind of like, it was, I mean, building up over the entire year of 2023, but there were some specific things like looking back that just kept making that like hill bigger and bigger and bigger. And the incident where I was like, okay, I need help. Um, I literally texted my OB and was like, I, it, it's time because I had gone in for an appointment, but wasn't quite ready at the time and was still wanting to try some other things. And we were at my parents' house having dinner one night and dinner was over and I was trying to have a conversation with my mom and mm -hmm. Bobby kept trying to like get my attention. And I was getting really agitated because I can't even have a conversation with adults when kids are around. And that's one thing to like Grant and I like both kind of lose our shit over is not being able to talk to each other. And then while that was happening, my daughter spilled a glass of water on my mom's carpet and it was just water, but I absolutely lost my mind. And then Grant made a comment where he said something along the lines of, I guess I'm the only one watching these kids here while I was trying to like have a conversation about Christmas gifts with my mom. And then I just completely flipped and started screaming and then quickly realized that that was not necessary. And my mom was commenting that it wasn't a big deal. Why am I so upset? And that's when the tears and the complete panic started to set in and then having to full on being like I was hyperventilating yeah. to my mom as now we're like rushing out the door because I'm in a complete anxiety attack explaining to my mom and dad why I'm in tears over a glass of spilled water why I can't breathe and why I never leave my house <laughs> and a lot of other choice words in between there but on that drive home I I had texted my OB and I said it's time and, and we had already been having conversations back and forth about like it's okay. And I was like already telling you, I think you should try it because yeah. I knew that you were experiencing daily anxiety and having that, like, oh, again, I was almost a year in at mm -hmm. that point and being like, no, it's okay. It'll yeah. get better. But I mean, you still have moments. I still have moments where I was in, we've actually kind of related to this where sometimes it feels like your skin crawls, mm -hmm. like you're just like, and it's overstimulated, right? Yeah. You're touched out, you're oh, overstimulated. And 
regardless of if it's one kid or three kids, like you still can feel that like just, I was telling my therapist the other day, sometimes it just feels like the world is too loud. Mm-hmm. And that's a good way to put it. Um, and you can still feel that it's not like the anxiety meds totally solve it. And one of the important things for both of us is continuing to do the things outside of meds to make sure that we're not just relying on meds. Mm-hmm. So how long, let's see, it's been a couple of months yes. and you, you say you've already felt like mm-hmm. differences. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And neither, neither of us had like massive side effects with it. I mean, no. we both had some side effects, but nothing like where it would make me want to get off of it. And there's been some sleep differences, I think with both of us. Yeah. I'm on a very low dose of sertraline. I think that's, yeah, what I'm that's what I'm going to I'm on 25 milligrams and, um, the first month I was feeling like really fatigued and tired. And I was also having trouble sleeping and some insomnia. And prior to taking the medication, I had trouble sleeping right before the middle long before that too. Um, it's gotten better, but I still won't take CBD to sleep, to sleep yeah, and melatonin and try some other things. A lot of reading at night, staying off the screens, but I would say since at about probably, it was probably like the first weekend I noticed a difference right away with just feeling a sense of calm. Like it wasn't like I constantly, like I constantly felt like I had like this buzz yep. or like this, yeah. like edginess. And I was also realizing like, I was getting really agitated, just being around the children. Like when it was time for daycare pickup, I was already on edge. I was already annoyed. I was already in a just anxious state. So that was also too, where I was noticing like the daily anxiety. Now I'm to a point where I almost like, <laughs> I'm questioning if Grant should be on that show because <laughs> I'm having less, less triggers and I am able to keep myself into like a more calm parenting state than he is. And I'm now the one who is having. That's funny that you said that because I was literally yelling at Matt today about that. I was like, well, you calm down. <laughs> so, so it's kind of funny how that has like changed and so I'm not mad about it because I kind of want to be that. Calm parent, um, yeah. And, and you know, I don't know. There's just something about dads having a little bit like more authority, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but I have actually like kind of been playing around with only taking half of a pill a day. Yeah. And I'm still noticing like it's still working. Yeah. Very minimal. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> and um, so I have been doing like a half and then a full and then a half and then a full. I'm still feeling like really calm, very centered. Again, not having that buzz or that agitation or that edginess. Even after we had the kids home for, or not necessarily yeah. home, but on going on a trip, traveling was a huge, huge trigger for me. And that triggered me twice over the summer too in those two episodes were also you no know, looking back like I was in a full anxiety attack both times I traveled alone with the kids over the summer and I was really hesitant on how our Thanksgiving travels were gonna go no hiccups no attacks no edginess so that's when we decided to take the trip for over Christmas, Christmas. Yeah. and we went to Arizona and I swore I was never going to travel with little kids and that was the anxiety talking looking back 
that was all on me not wanting to travel with them. And we had the best time. It was absolutely exhausting, but it was so much fun. And now I'm like so excited to travel again with the kids when they get a little bit older. And we've talked about <laughs> 2024 financial goals too. So um, yeah, we're paying off <laughs> on this year. <laughs> so we won't be traveling as a family probably maybe for at least another year. Yeah. Um, I'm actually potentially traveling with Danny in March and alone. Yeah. Okay. On a flight. And I'm still like, you know, I, I know I can handle it. And here's the difference between, you know, me two years ago versus now is that you, you learn the tool, right? So even obviously I have my daily anxiety meds. I actually also have a an uh, emergency anxiety med. I don't know what it's called. And I only take it if I'm really untriggered and I'm going into a panic attack, but it does, it basically puts me to sleep. Like it's super calming. <laughs> and so I have that as a, as a backup. And then I also have other tools, right? In Minnesota, there's gummies that are illegal as of August. And there, you know, the other thing that's really impactful for me when I'm just starting to feel like sometimes you just wake up anxious for me. And so I use two, I use Spotify and I use the Calm app. Mm -hmm. So I have Spotify premium, so I don't have ads, <clears throat> but I use the Calm bilateral stimulation playlist on Spotify. I don't know if you've ever done bilateral stimulation with headphones. And I have not, but I've like heard of tree yeah. because you've shared so much about it. Yeah. And it's just like this music that goes like in between your ears. I know there's a science behind it. I don't know what it is, but I do really like that. And then there's certain, there's a scientific term for it and I don't know what it is, but there's certain like sound levels that are good for anxiety. So the playlist I use on Spotify is 528 HD. Was that Hertz? I don't know. Um, anxiety relief. And then my sleep one is 432. So it's like, there's certain numbers that are supposed to like do things and calm you down. And it really does work. So I use music a lot. And even if I'm getting, you know, as we talk about overstimulated moms, if I feel like the no, the world is getting loud and I can't remove myself from the situation, I will even put one headphone in and put that on. Sure, in the background. Yeah, in the background. Because it just reminds me to like focus on that instead of the noise. So that's something I continue to use a lot, especially even when I'm flying, I get... I don't mind traveling, but I am always have been somebody who's nervous around other people. And so, you know, flying, I use it a lot. And obviously at night to fall asleep. I don't know what it is about our thirties, but I feel like sleeping is just like so much harder. <laughs> um, There's a lot that happens. <laughs> so tools outside of meds, obviously I thought it was important for me to, for us to share about like destigmatizing around meds, but as we've mentioned, we are strong proponents of tools outside. So my, I would say, if I were to rank them, my top three tools that I use a lot are my Calm app, which I just mentioned, right? And, and Spotify Calm, I mean, it's the same thing. It's just Calm app is paid, Spotify, well, technically Spotify and Freeman is paid too, but it does have a free version. Uh, I am obsessed with bubble baths. This is something that happened as we moved into our new house because we have a very deep jacuzzi tub and that makes a difference. And I play the call map while I'm reading and in the bath. So I actually do all three. It's kind of a habit stack every single night. And it's been a huge game changer as, as far as just calming me from a central nervous system perspective. So those would be my top three reading. I happen to read 56 books in 2023. 
so impressive. Kind of by accident. I mean, but now I'm reading books every two days. Like I just, you read and then I think you read faster. Bubble baths and and music, I would say, you know, if I call that. What about you? Yeah, I wish I could do the bubble baths as much as you do because that is something that really helps me. I just, with two yeah. crazy bedtimes, like it's just, time is so much more limited at night. So it's a real big treat if I get to do a bubble bath because we also have a just jacuzzi tub and it's just like, oh. It's, it's a, it's a it's thing. <laughs> Obviously, Pilates is my number one. It allows me to breathe. So breathing is number two. Breathing, getting centered, connected in my body it, and just feeling good. Being an extremist, like I shared, like I notice a huge difference when my body tightens up. I'm used to being long and stretchy and limber and flexible. Um, so when my body gets tight, that it, it just it tightens up my energy and my mood and I feel restricted. Yeah. Um, so movement, um, specifically Pilates is huge breath work. Number two, when I feel like uh, anxious or like I, I'm entering a situation or I can feel things rising, like my husband always knows because he can, he can hear me breathing I know, and, Matt, and, and he will like, just be like, are you okay? And then I, I notice like, <laughs> taking deep breaths. Um, so breathing is huge. And we shared a little bit about that, about walking earlier, but getting out for walks, um, especially on sunny days. Well, I mean, warm sunny days are my favorite, but it's my favorite. we both know that getting out <laughs> in the winter is important too, even if we both hate cold weather. Yes. So, well, thank you, Kayla, for being on. Okay. Before we go, I know you have a very fun challenge that I plan on participating in coming up. So talk a little bit about that and then where people can find it. I am so excited to share my brand new Pilates strength training 21 day challenge. We are going to be kicking off in two <laughs> weeks, I think, from when this, this episode airs. is going to air. So it's completely free. It's all on YouTube. I think videos will be at workouts. <laughs> we'll be averaging, say, like 20 minutes a day. So hopefully incredibly not <laughs> doable. There is majority of the workouts are going to be strength-based. So we're going to kind of flip the script on Pilates because with my background being in gymnastics, I've also had a stint in CrossFit, went through CrossFit certification. I went through Olympic weightlifting certification, certified as a personal trainer. Also, you don't know any of this stuff. Like, <laughs> so um, I feel like Pilates has a stigma of being super slow and easy. And I just like to incorporate the principles of Pilates that we know and love about core strength, breath work, and control, and just kind of pick up the intensity yeah. on that because we know as well how important resistance and putting our body under tension and stressing our cardiovascular system is for our overall health. So that is what this 21-day challenge is going to do. It's going to encompass all of this and there is a rest day and there is a mobility day, which I am, it, it's so important to have mobility. I'm actually doing one of her mobility workouts the day we're recording it because <laughs> my upper back is super tight. So yeah. So you can find me on all platforms. Um, specifically, I hang out mostly on YouTube and Instagram. All handles are the same. Pilates Body by Kayla. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Being Better Everyday podcast. To see any visuals, head over to my YouTube channel. Links, socials, and resources mentioned can always be found in today's show notes. I truly appreciate you leaving a rating and review to help me reach more women looking to build systems to be peacefully productive. 
If you are looking for more, you can always find me on Instagram at julie.pwdesigns, sharing the behind the scenes of my everyday life as a millennial mom, corporate girly, and small business owner. Until next time, keep on taking one step at a time towards your version of being better every day.